Chapter Nine, Part Two of Bellamy, or the History of a Scoundrel. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. Bellamy, or the History of a Scoundrel, by Guy de Maupassant. Translator unknown. Chapter Nine, Marriage, Part Two the tenth of may arrived thinking a religious ceremony unnecessary as they had issued no invitations the couple were married at a magistrate's and took the six o'clock train for normandy as the train glided along duroy sitting in front of his wife took her hand kissed it and said when we return we will dine at chateau sometimes she murmured we shall have a great many things to do in a tone which seemed to say we must sacrifice pleasure to duty he retained her hand wondering anxiously how he could manage to caress her he pressed her hand slightly but she did not respond to the pressure he said it seems strange that you should be my wife she appeared surprised why i do not know it seems droll i want to embrace you and i am surprised that i have the right she calmly offered him her cheek which he kissed as he would have kissed his sister's he continued the first time i saw you you remember at that dinner to which i was invited at forestier's i thought sacristi if i could only find a wife like that and now i have one she glanced at him with smiling eyes he said to himself i am too cold i am stupid I should make more advances and he asked how did you make forestier's acquaintance she replied with provoking archness are we going to rouen to talk of him he coloured i am a fool you intimidate me she was delighted i impossible he seated himself beside her she exclaimed ah a stag the train was passing through the forest of st germain and she had seen a frightened deer clear an alley at a bound as she gazed out of the open window duroy bending over her pressed a kiss upon her neck for several moments she remained motionless then raising her head she said you tickle me stop but he did not obey her she repeated stop i say he seized her head with his right hand turned it toward him and pressed his lips to hers she struggled pushed him away and repeated stop he did not heed her 
with an effort she freed herself and rising said georges have done we are not children we shall soon reach rouen very well said he gaily i will wait reseating herself near him she talked of what they would do on their return they would keep the apartments in which she had lived with her first husband and duroy would receive forestier's position on la vie francaise in the meantime forgetting her injunctions and his promise he slipped his arm around her waist pressed her to him and murmured i love you dearly my little mad the gentleness of his tone moved the young woman and leaning toward him she offered him her lips as she did so a whistle announced the proximity of the station pushing back some stray locks upon her temples she exclaimed we are foolish he kissed her hands feverishly and replied i adore you my little mad on reaching rouen they repaired to a hotel where they spent the night the following morning when they had drunk the tea placed upon the table in their room duroy clasped his wife in his arms and said my little mad i feel that i love you very very much she smiled trustfully and murmured as she returned his kisses i love you too a little the visit to his parents worried georges although he had prepared his wife he began again you know they are peasants real not sham comic opera peasants she smiled i know it you have told me often enough we shall be very uncomfortable there is only a straw bed in my room they do not know what hair mattresses are at canteleu she seemed delighted so much the better it would be charming to sleep badly when near you and to be awakened by the crowing of the cocks he walked toward the window and lighted a cigarette the sight of the harbour of the river filled with ships moved him and he exclaimed egad but that is fine madeleine joined him and placing both of her hands on her husband's shoulder cried oh how beautiful i did not know that there were so many ships an hour later they departed in order to breakfast with the old couple who had been informed several days before of their intended arrival both duroy and his wife were charmed with the beauties of the landscape presented to their view and the cabman halted in order to allow them to get a better idea of the panorama before them as he whipped up his horse duroy saw an old couple not a hundred metres off approaching and he leaped from the carriage crying here they are i know them the man was short 
corpulent florid and vigorous notwithstanding his age the woman was tall thin and melancholy with stooping shoulders a woman who had worked from childhood who had never laughed nor jested madeleine too alighted and watched the couple advance with a contraction of her heart she had not anticipated they did not recognize their son in that fine gentleman and they would never have taken that handsome lady for their daughter-in-law they walked along past the child they were expecting without glancing at the city folks georges cried with a laugh good day father duroy both the old man and his wife were struck dumb with astonishment the latter recovered her self-possession first and asked is it you son the young man replied yes it is i mother duroy and approaching her he kissed her upon both cheeks and said this is my wife the two rustics stared at madeleine as if she were a curiosity with anxious fear combined with a sort of satisfied approbation on the part of the father and of jealous enmity on that of the mother Monsieur duroy senior who was naturally jocose made so bold as to ask with a twinkle in his eye may i kiss you too his son uttered an exclamation and madeleine offered her cheek to the old peasant who afterwards wiped his lips with the back of his hand the old woman in her turn kissed her daughter-in-law with hostile reserve her ideal was a stout rosy country lass as red as an apple and as round the carriage preceded them with the luggage the old man took his son's arm and asked him how are you getting on very well that is right tell me as your wife any means george replied forty thousand francs his father whistled softly and muttered Phew. then he added she is a handsome woman he admired his son's wife and in his day had considered himself a connoisseur madeleine and the mother walked side by side in silence the two men joined them they soon reached the village at the entrance to which stood monsieur duroy's tavern a pine board fastened over the door indicated that thirsty people might enter the table was laid a neighbour who had come to assist made a low curtsey on seeing so beautiful a lady appear then recognising georges she cried oh lord is it you he replied merrily yes it is i mother brulin and he kissed her as he had kissed his father and mother then he turned to his wife come into our room said he you can lay aside your hat 
they passed through a door to the right and entered a room paved with brick with whitewashed walls and a bed with cotton hangings a crucifix above a holy water basin and two coloured prints representing paul and virginia beneath a blue palm tree and napoleon i on a yellow horse were the only ornaments in that neat but bare room when they were alone georges embraced madeleine good morning mad i am glad to see the old people once more when one is in paris one does not think of this place but when one returns one enjoys it just the same at that moment his father cried knocking on the partition with his fist come the soup is ready they re-entered the large public room and took their seats at the table the meal was a long one served in a truly rustic fashion father duroy enlivened by the cider and several glasses of wine related many anecdotes while georges to whom they were all familiar laughed at them mother duroy did not speak but sat at the board grim and austere glancing at her daughter-in-law with hatred in her heart madeleine did not speak nor did she eat she was depressed wherefore she had wished to come she knew that she was coming to a simple home she had formed no poetical ideas of those peasants but she had perhaps expected to find them somewhat more polished refined she recalled her own mother of whom she never spoke to any one a governess who had been betrayed and who had died of grief and shame when madeleine was twelve years old a stranger had had the little girl educated her father without doubt who was he she did not know positively but she had vague suspicions the meal was not yet over when customers entered shook hands with monsieur duroy exclaimed on seeing his son and seating themselves at the wooden tables began to drink smoke and play dominoes the smoke from the clay pipes and penny cigars filled the room madeleine choked and asked can we go out i cannot remain here any longer old duroy grumbled at being disturbed madeleine rose and placed her chair at the door in order to wait until her father-in-law and his wife had finished their coffee and wine georges soon joined her would you like to stroll down to the seine joyfully she cried yes they descended the hillside hired a boat at croisset and spent the remainder of the afternoon beneath the willows in the soft warm spring air and rocked gently by the rippling waves of the river they returned at nightfall the evening repassed by candlelight 
was more painful to madeleine than that of the morning neither father duroy nor his wife spoke when the meal was over madeleine drew her husband outside in order not to have to remain in that room the atmosphere of which was heavy with smoke and the fumes of liquor when they were alone he said you are already weary she attempted to protest he interrupted her i have seen it if you wish we will leave to-morrow she whispered i should like to go they walked along and entered a narrow path among high trees hedged in on either side by impenetrable brushwood she asked where are we he replied in the forest one of the largest in france madeleine on raising her head could see the stars between the branches and hear the rustling of the leaves she felt strangely nervous why she could not tell she seemed to be lost surrounded by perils abandoned alone beneath that vast vaulted sky she murmured i am afraid i should like to return very well we will on their return they found the old people in bed the next morning madeleine rose early and was ready to leave at daybreak when georges told his parents that they were going to return home they guessed whose wish it was his father asked simply shall i see you soon again yes in the summer-time very well his mother grumbled i hope you will not regret what you have done georges gave them two hundred francs to appease them and the cab arriving at ten o'clock the couple kissed the old peasants and set out as they were descending the side of the hill duroy laughed you see said he i warned you i should however not have presented you to monsieur and madame duroy de cantel senior she laughed too and replied i am charmed now they are nice people who i am beginning to like very much i shall send them confections from paris then she murmured duroy de cantel we will say that we spent a week at your parents estate and drawing near him she kissed him saying good morning georges he replied good morning madeleine as he slipped his arm around her waist end of chapter nine recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey